You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. Well, good morning. For those of you visiting, and I know we have several, welcome to Elevation Community Church. And those who are joining us online, welcome. We're so glad you're with us this morning. My name's Phil Nelson, lead pastor here. As we were worshiping, um, I just couldn't help but just get choked up just watching you worship. And uh, I just thanked the Lord for this body. I know I'm a little biased because I'm a shepherd here and I helped plant this church and I helped birth this launch church, but you guys are family. And I look around and I see the fingerprints of blessings on my life that you had an impact on my family, on my kids, on me personally, And I'm just so grateful for this church family. And I know there's many incredible churches out there. That's what the church should be as a family, right? So I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful. The video launches us right into the theme of today's message as we're in the Advent series. And by the way, are you enjoying the Advent devotionals and the blocks? Amen. Can we just give it up for that? I tell you, I, 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 I told several people this morning, and I, Lauren and I have been talking about it. It's, it's changing the atmosphere of our home. And I don't have teens. Some of you do, so kudos to Jeff and Tiffany. But I have younger kids, and I just want to give credit where credit's due, and thanks to Michael Miller for discipling and teaching our kids every week, and he's been posting every day an Advent video. I hope you can see that on the eKids page or his personal page, and so for those of you who don't have the Advent blocks or the devotional, it's a perfect way to get that daily. Um, If you haven't joined us yet, we just welcome you to start today. You don't start today, start tomorrow. Uh, join us, but it's amazing to me how much the kids really know about the birth of Christ. It's because Michael, for the last three months, has been going through the life and the story of Jesus. And it's just incredible. Parents, do you agree with me how they're answering these questions? And so today, in our Advent series, we're looking at the heart of of the matter. That's the title of the series today, The Heart of the Matter. Last week, we looked at darkness, the problem, and our need and our desperate need for the light. And you all took glow sticks, and we broke them, and we shook them, and we let them shine. And so it is with us as people who've welcomed Jesus, the Messiah, not only the newborn king, but the king of the world who died in place of us so that we may have life and have it more abundantly. And just like us, we need to be broken. And we're gonna talk about that today, the condition of our hearts. We also need to be stirred and shaped. We're gonna talk about that today. And we also need to surrender our lives to the light and the hope of the world so that his light may shine in and through us. Would you pray with me, Father? It is only through your son, Jesus, that we can have living hope. And it's only through the Holy Spirit that we can understand and receive that living hope. So Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, I give you complete control over this message, over the sanctuary, over e-kids, over the youth, over our leaders, over our families, over our marriages, and over every single person. Come, commune with us. Open our eyes and our ears and shape us to look more like your son, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. 
I don't know if you've noticed behind me, but we have two sides of the stage design. One, which many of our homes, I know mine included, kind of represents. This isn't a bad side. This isn't the wrong side. You know, Christmas and all the traditions that bring the family together and the gifts, which really stems from the gift that God gave us anyways, and we're supposed to be cheerful givers. We're supposed to love one another. We're supposed to serve one another and give good gifts. There is nothing wrong with the traditions of Christmas. There is nothing wrong with even some of the secular traditions of Christmas. But when that becomes what our heart surrounds, we become blurry, confused, cluttered, and even misguided. And so many of us get caught in the hustle and bustle of the season. All the items in our Christmas checklist And so often our hearts be consumed with the things of Christmas rather than the reason for Christmas. You're not alone if you've been there or if you are there. But the goal for this Christmas season and the goal for the Advent blocks and the devotionals is to let this become good, healthy, and secondary. And this become the condition and the focus of our hearts. Because if this season, this Christmas season, we can get this right, we can enter into the new year right. And we can continue through Easter right. And we can keep in alignment through the summer. And in the fall, we can have it right because our hearts in this season are right, amen? And so today is all about the matter of our hearts. Not just this fleshly heart, but the Bible talks about this is the secret place that God wants to dwell. All through the Advent season and this devotionals, we're seeing Bible character after Bible character. Adam and Eve and Noah and Abraham and Moses and on and on Joshua, Saul and King David, which leads us to the heart of the matter. All of them had this one cry, this one cry that we read every week in the devotional, every day in the devotional. And it's this cry, God, will you bring us back again? Will you bring us back someday? God, will you come to stay? Would you just read that out loud with me? And we're gonna go slow. Ready? God, will you bring us back someday? God, will you come to stay? Can we do it one more time? God, will you bring us back someday? Go ahead. God. And as our hearts cry the same thing, I have incredible life-changing news this day that God answered that prayer over 2,000 years ago. And it, the answer to that prayer is still available to all of us. And his answer to the question, God, will you come back someday? God, will you come to stay? Is yes. The original design of all creation was God to dwell with man. God's design from the beginning of time was and is to dwell with and is in his people. And because of the fall, because of our disobedience, because of sin, we have all been separated from his presence. And yet you read through the Old Testament, a lot of people nowadays, churches teach that the Old Testament has no value. 
that the Old Testament is just disappeared since the New Testament is gone. That is a lie from the pit of hell. The Old Testament is the gospel of Jesus yet to be fulfilled. But you start to read Jesus and you see the Old Testament come to life. You can't know what Jesus is to fulfill until we see it prophesied hundreds of years ago. All the things that people had to do to stay near God's presence has so much to do with the condition of our hearts. So much so that in order for people to dwell with God, or shall I say God to dwell with man, they had to set up a holy structure for God to be divided from man because of sin. But yet God was so faithful that by a cloud of day and a pillar of fire by night, he never left his people. But his original design was broken because his original design was not to just be behind some veil, off in the distance, but to be not only with his people, but in his people, through his people. And yet today, it's available to us today. The veil was torn when Jesus died on the cross, and yet today we still put him at the distance. We still feel so much in our lives when we're disobedient or we're not engaged with God. We feel distant from God. That never was his original design. So we're going to look at the heart of the matter today. I want to introduce an illustration to you. I got <laughs> this really big rock. And just as in the video, I don't know how long I'm going to be able to hold this. But just as in the video, because of sin, and not just sin, we kind of generalize that, and I would even say we candy coat that. Better watch, it's going to tip over. It's because of our disobedience that we have rejected God. In our sin, every single one of you has rebelled and rejected the God of heaven who created you to be a dwelling place for his presence. And yet we did the opposite last week. We talked about Romans 1, that we exchanged the truth of God for a lie that we could be our own God. We could be over our destiny and our life. And we know that that's a lie. And because of our hostility towards God, and going our own way in life, our hearts became calloused, hard as stone, and sin rocked us. Yes, pun intended. We were rocked because of sin. We were rocked when God's presence was gone. We were rocked when we thought we wanted it our way, and yet we found it in destruction every time. Due to the curse and the darkness, we became immovable. God wanted to commune with us and move us from glory to glory, from moment to moment, and we became immovable, untouchable. God cannot form this rock. Nothing can truly form this rock. You can try, but it is hard as stone. It's untouchable. It's unable to give back. It's unable to feel anything that matters. It's a stone temple, my friends, only made to glorify yourself. When we were called to be temples of the glory of God, glorifying the Lord of creation rather than the creation itself. The Bible in Ephesians in the New Testament says that we were sons and daughters of disobedience, making us children of wrath. Jesus said, not one is good. People were trying to make good works as a way to be right with God, and he says, no one's good. You have a heart of stone. But Jesus understood when he said that, he understood the prophecy of Ezekiel found in Ezekiel 36. 
Ezekiel 36 says, I am going to someday, through my son, my sacrificial lamb, I am going to someday take your heart of stone and turn it into a heart of flesh, one that is moldable, one that is filled with all good things, one that is able to be his masterpiece, his workmanship created for good works. This is what he desired, but what we could never become because of sin. Our hearts were made of stone. And I'm so glad, friends, that the story of our lives doesn't stop there. But God loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not die forever, but will live with him forever. That is the best news one could ever receive. That is what Christmas is all about. And so we need to understand that we have a heart problem. None of us as hearts of stone could ever be workable, moldable, shapeable, or any use to God's kingdom without spiritual, supernatural rescue. And many of you know that in order to make this rock more than just dead weight or something of landscape, but something that is moldable and can be used as a blessing and a benefit to so much like concrete and mortar and underlayment for roads and asphalt and you name it, it goes on and on. I think there's like a list of hundreds of things that you can use for the purified product of this stone. And we need to understand that in order for us to be useful to God, in order for us to have a relationship with God once again, is we need a replacement. We need a substitute. And that's where we see in our first point is the rock needs to be broken down. Can you say broken down? broken down. It's a breaking process. And many of you know this is a painstaking process. Without any machine work, you're taking a chisel and a hammer. Have you seen the reality show? It's the third season, Tough as Nails. And they have to take a hammer and chisel and break the rock into small pieces. You have to break this down in order for it to be larger pieces And then you break it down there to even larger gravel and down to pebbles, down and down to where you get the purified, beneficial product of sand. And our rescue act in the breaking process is told in the Christmas prophecy. If you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah. We're gonna be in there, chapter nine. And then we're going to go right to Isaiah 53. Feel free to pull out your phones. If not, it will be on the screen. Let's look at Isaiah 9. This is a prophecy hundreds of years before Jesus ever came in a baby, a form of a baby. And this is the prophecy of what's going to happen. And this is The rescue act, this is the start of the breaking process to make us moldable and any kind of hope to be restored to God again. This is the start of the breaking process. Follow along with me in verse six. For a child, to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government, all the structure of the world will be placed on his shoulders. I'm so thankful. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
And so often we look on Christmas, during Christmas season, and it's a beautiful story. And it is. But he only came as a baby so that he could become our sin. He didn't stay a baby long. He came so that he may become our sin. Check this next breaking process out in Isaiah 53. In order for us to become broken, Jesus was broken for you. He was beaten. He was crushed. He was dropped. He was shattered. He was whipped beyond the point of recognition. All for a purpose. Taking your punishment to the Father. So that he could present us to God in the original design to be a dwelling place for God. That's the best news of Christmas, friends. Let's read it. But he was pierced for our transgressions. Means our rebellion. The curse of sin. He was crushed for our iniquities our rejection, our disobedience. He was crushed for our iniquities. He was pierced for our transgressions. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. Wonderful counselor, prince of peace, was broken for us so that we would be able to experience God's peace once and for all. And with his wounds, we are Healed. This isn't just forgiven. It is. This is made whole back to our original state. Physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. He was broken so that he could take our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. One that seeks after God. I heard a, a hymn sung by one of my favorite singers of all times, Guy Penrod. And I, I couldn't hold back the tears last night And it's the hymn called Before the Throne of God. And it was this verse that just humbled me. And it reminded me of what Christ did for us so that we could be found right with God again. And the second verse says, when Satan tempts me to despair. Have you ever been there? and tells me of my guilt within. Upward I look and see him there who made an end of all my sin. My, because the sinless savior died, my sinful soul was counted free. Did you hear that? Because my sinless Savior died, my sinful soul has been made free. For God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me. To look on him and pardon me. His name is written, my name is written on his hands. My name is written on his scars. 
And he looked upon Jesus and pardoned we. That is the first and most important breaking process. But there's another process for us to become this in God's sight. And it's the breaking process called salvation. This is our part. Our brokenness, our need of resuscitation. It's been done. Christ was broken for you. He paid the penalty. He died your death. He was buried in your hell. And the power of the Holy Spirit raised him from the dead because he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, ruler, creator of everything. And he will come again to complete what he started and bring perfection and communion to where God's people, Revelation 21, God's people will dwell with him and there will be no more sorrow, no more pain, no more sickness, no more tears, for all will be wiped away. That's our hope. That's our hope. And so our response to that, I just want to cover in three scripture verses. The first one is from Romans. Can we put that on the screen? Thank you so much. Romans 10, verse 9. Can we read this together? I love doing this together. This is a participatory church. Let's read it together loud and clear. Ready? If you, that Jesus is Lord, Amen. Preach it. <laughs> Next one. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Ready? Here we go. Therefore, if anyone, the old has passed away. You are a new creation. The old is passed away. Thank God. The new has come, but you have to receive it. You have to confess it. And first of all, you got to believe it. The last scripture, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19. Ready? Here we go. Don't you realize that your body who lives in you Mm. That's very good news. And I don't want you to respond verbally. Have you confessed with your mouth that Jesus is who he said he was and is and is to come? Have you opened your heart for God to remove the sin in your life that keeps you from him and to deposit the forgiveness of Jesus and deposit his presence within you. Have you let him do that? Because Jesus says, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. He says, he doesn't say, I stand at the door and because I died on the cross for you, I kicked it down and saved you because I wanted anyway and you don't have a say in the matter. No, he stands at the door of your heart that if you would open it and let him in, he would come and be with you. We have a part to play. Have you allowed the Holy Spirit to make you into a new creation or are you still living in the callousness and the stone of your hostility to God 
your sin and rejection of Jesus. No one is going to be able to defend you in heaven, on earth, except Jesus. There will be no excuses. For all of you have heard now today the gospel rescue act that allows you to be right with God. You've heard. Now will you receive it? And that's where I go to the point of we can be dwelling places for God. We can. Through confessing with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, believing in our hearts. But the condition, go ahead, the condition of our hearts becomes essential now that he dwells within us. It becomes essential in how God is allowed to be Lord of our lives. I'm even gonna say this as your brother in Christ and your pastor, so many of you have received the gift of Jesus as Lord and yet you're living your life with no fruit of it. Nothing to show for it. You see, when God breaks us with salvation, we change. Something happens. The new has come and the old is gone. Not saying that you're not going to tap into the old because we still live in this fleshly body in this broken world. The disciples, the apostles, they were sinners as well. Now granted, they were born again. They were followers of Jesus but because they were living still in the flesh, they would step this way every once in a while. But most of them learned how to stay completely saturated and conformed to the image of Christ. That is our call today. The Bible says in the New Testament, Paul says this, our very best, our very best to give God in the flesh is like filthy rags. And here's a homework assignment. Study and look up what filthy rags means. Some of you laugh. It's gross. That's all I'm gonna say. But that's what Paul's trying to say. Is your very best for God is nothing. It's filthy rags. It goes back to the stone. But then Paul says, for I've been crucified with Christ. Not I that lives, but Christ that lives within me. The heart of the matter today is now that God has become our dwelling place. He has taken our heart of stone. He's broken it because he was broken and he put in a heart of flesh that could be moldable. Now, because we live in a fallen world, we kind of look like this when we should look like this. Some of you haven't even really on the outside. I'm not saying spiritually. Spiritually, in Christ, when we receive Christ, we are his. We are the righteousness of Christ. We are pure. You know that sand is used to purify water as a filter? We are pure because of Christ. How do you look today? Can our lives truly look like this? Yeah. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 says, the Lord is the spirit that dwells within us. And those with unveiled faces, meaning those that who have received Christ, all reflect God's glory, are being transformed into his likeness in ever-increasing glory. We are to be conformed in the image of Christ. I'm gonna put the final product here. And I'm gonna look here. Some of you have received Christ and yet no change has happened. And I would like to ask you, have you received Christ? Have you truly let him into your heart and died to yourself? You see, some of us go through the process of being chiseled. And God wants to chisel us and he wants to break us apart one step at a time. 
from large pieces broken in surrender to smaller pieces of yielding to his spirit, showing the fruit of the spirit of love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Some of you haven't gotten this process yet. Um, in the physical, in your soul, the, the mind, the will, and our emotions. Remember, in Christ, this is how God sees us. In this foreign land, this is the process we will continue to go through until we see Jesus face to face and we appear in his likeness. This is a process, friends. This is a one-time event done by Jesus Christ. All you need to do is receive it. Looking and being conformed into Jesus, looking more and more like Jesus is a process, is a process. Some of you haven't gotten here yet and you wonder why you've been dropped in life. One of the ways God gets us to break is he drops us. I'm not going to drop it. I will ruin this very nice floor. But friends, many of you just recently or in your life have been dropped. And you are so frustrated and even mad at God. And some of you, the harder you are, the more you crumble. And the harder you are, sometimes the higher God has to take you to drop you. I'm not talking about punishment. I'm talking about God allowing us to go through things so that we would finally get out of our thick skull to understand that we cannot be God. It is only him that can change us. And so the dropping was on purpose, friends. My dropping was in 2006, and I shattered. I was this close from giving up on ministry, and I was about this close to giving up on God. But you see, when you shatter, that's when God sees beauty because he's able to piece you together and leave the crap that made you stone in the first place to stay on the ground. It's the breaking and the shattering that causes us to engage with the Lord to allow him to form us, allow us to soften our hearts. Romans 12, 1, 2 says, present your bodies as holy temples, sacrifices to God, for this is your spiritual act of worship. And then he says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. I think so often we are here and we just kind of give up because of circumstances and hardships and we find ourselves going back to these. When God just wants to use it to mold us and shape us. You see, we have to be softened and pliable. Psalms 51 says that it's in the secret of the heart that God gives his wisdom. It's in the breaking and the softening and the surrender to God where he brings his wisdom and his ways. Psalms 51 verse 17 says, the sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit, y'all. A broken and a repentant heart God would never despise. We have to allow the breaking in order for God to form us and mold us. Friends, we read this week in the devotionals the difference between King Saul and King David. King Saul wanted what God had in store, wanted to be that man that looked to God for everything, but he was impatient. He was prideful. And he didn't wait for God. He wasn't obedient. He began to become very proud to where he built a statue after his image. 
He did what God told him not to, and then he became bitter, and he became jealous, and he became senile. And we read in James that selfish ambition and bitterness is earthly, fleshly, and demonic. His heart became hard. His heart became hostile to God, and so God did away with Saul. Why did God give away, uh, do away with Saul? It's because Saul turned his back on God. And he went the way of pride and bitterness and hostility and rejection. And so God turned his back on Saul. But he did not turn his back on his people. For he saw a young man who was tender, who was faithful, and who was obedient, and that man was David. Now, David did bad things just like Saul. Some would even say worse. He committed adultery, and then he he killed, murdered the husband of the woman he had an affair with. But here's the difference. David turned his back and was disobedient. When he was supposed to be a king at the time of war on the battlefield, he was lazy in bed, looking, clicking, searching for something to entertain him, to fill that void of purpose and significance. But when the prophet Nathan came to David and said, you're the man who has sinned against God, David goes, it was me. I have sinned. And he wrote Psalms 51 as a repentance to God. He said, behold, in my mother's womb, she conceived me in sin and brought me forth in iniquity. He says, before you and you alone, God, have I sinned. And then he said, create in me a clean heart. Oh God, renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, O God, and take not your spirit from me, but restore unto me the joy of your salvation and create a right spirit within me. You know, King David also wrote Psalms 37. Psalms 37 goes like this. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your Heart's desires, commit everything you do to him and trust him and he will help you. And we use this scripture verse in the car dealership lot when we're looking for the right car. God, will you give me the desires of my heart? God, when we're going down and we're looking at other people's houses and we want that, this is not what it's talking about. But friends, this word delight Do you know what it means in the Hebrew? It means, maybe I should wait till next week. It means to be pliable. Be pliable in the Lord. Let him form you. Let him shape you. Let him move you and guide you. And when you allow him to do that, he does nothing but bless you with the desires that he himself has placed inside of you. All of this heart of the matter stuff is about being pliable and molded into the image of Christ. And friends, I'm gonna end here. You know what that means, right? Nothing. I'm going to try to end here. Give me your ears. You see, most of us have received the gift of salvation. We've experienced the softening of our hearts. We've experienced the life change of the Holy Spirit coming and shaking us, forming us, drawing us to look more like Jesus. So many of us have stopped. The breaking process gets too hard, gets too challenging. 
you have no one in your life to support you in the breaking, no one to process with in the shattering, no one to help you in the pain. And you just get to a point where you just begin to be calloused. You're watching the things that really just harden your heart more and more. You're giving your affections and your heart to the things that are just callousing you, making you more and more like the world of stone around you. And God says, this Christmas, will you let me begin shaping you again? Will you let me start molding you again? Would you be willing to sacrifice the things that are really taking first place in your life in order to let me come? Because when you put Christ on the center of your heart and you seek the things that please God, you will become such a sweet aroma to the Father. And you will start to look more and more like Jesus and operate more and more in the ways of Jesus. And that's what he wants. And so as the band comes up, I want you to bow your heads this morning. I want you to, I just want to ask you, where are you? And if you need to look up at these illustrations, please do so. Are you still just the stone, immovable, untouchable, unable to give, unable to feel anything that matters? Maybe you've been dropped. Maybe you've been wounded. Maybe you've been hurt by the church. But friends, God never did that. God wants to take your heart of stone and turn it into something useful, something that is a blessing, something that he can mold and shape after his own heart. Maybe you're in the process. Maybe you're stuck. Just communicate with God. Ask him what you need. He knows it. And then surrender to him. God, my heart is yours. I don't like the breaking. But if it makes me look more like Jesus, have your way, God. If you're in a difficult process of breaking right now in your life as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, and you just say, Phil, you have no idea what I'm going through right now. And had I not come today, I don't know if I would throw in the towel. I need God to intervene and help me make sense of this breaking. If any of those words ring true to you, would you raise your hand? I see you. I see you. I see you. I'm so sorry. But I rejoice because you're allowing God to break you, soften you, and form you into his masterpiece. Is there anyone here that might say, you know what? My heart is stone. I've never let Jesus take over. If that's you, raise your hand right where you're at. Yeah. Wow. All you need to say is, Jesus, you are the one. You took my sin on the cross. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Just wherever you're at, say, take this heart of stone. Can we all say that? Take this heart of stone, say it, and put in your heart, oh God. 
And finally, wherever you're at in the breaking and the softening process, if you would just say, you know what? I need prayer. I need a specific thing from God, maybe a friend, maybe a support, maybe something in this season that I'm waiting on God for. If you're in a season where you say, I need prayer, would you just lift your hands? Yeah, all over the place. God, I'm so thankful you see our hearts. I'm so thankful, God, that you formed us. You know every thought before it even comes out of our mouth to where David prayed, search me, oh God, and know every wicked way. Try me. Ask God to search your heart this morning. I want to open the altar for prayer. If you want to come and just lay yourself down, lay your heart down, a fresh start, a new place, a new surrender, please do so. And I'm going to just stand right here. If you need prayer, would you please come and find me? Let's worship. Sherry. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible Study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.